0: Welcome to the Demand Gen Made Simple podcast. I'm your host, Janelle Amos, and in this podcast, we talk about all things, you guessed it, demand generation in a simplified way. We cover the basics of what demand generation is all the way through to how to get started and how to be successful when launching your demand generation framework. Thank you so much for joining me today. Let's dive in. So for today's episode, I wanted to talk specifically to my demand gen marketers. I wanted to outline some of the two things that I did while I was in-house that really helped from a foundational standpoint to help deploy successful demand gen campaigns. So I wanted to take this time to kind of break down those two things. In short, the two items are to make friends with other departments. We're gonna dive into what those departments are, why it's important and how you can seek that relationship. Um, The second thing is uh, to create campaign briefs. And so outlining what I put in my campaign briefs, why that's important and kind of putting together a template for you for you to steal and that you can use while um, you build out your demand gen plans as well. So some of the departments that I think are important for a demand gen individual to have a successful relationship with um, and these are in no particular order, but the first one on the list is operations. And the reason for that is there's going to be a lot of backbone and lifting from a technical and operational standpoint that are going to be really, really important and useful to have help with um, when it comes to those um, really he- operationally heavy um, tasks. And so part of that is like if you need to purchase and implement a new tool. If you need help tagging your database correctly so that you can segment to your audience and you're actually having uh, relevant demand gen campaigns, a couple other things are understanding and deploying a compliant GDPR process, um, especially if you're marketing outside of the United States, uh, GDPR is a very important factor to take into considerations, and those fines are really, really large. And so you want to make sure that you have not only a process in place, but that you're maintaining the complianceness of that. Another thing taken into consideration is um, this is a, miscon- a misconception that I've heard a couple different times from different like departments, but operations is more than just like tactical or executional side of it. If you have a really good operations person, they can really help think through like the efficiencies of your demand gen programs. And they can really help like take that strategy come to life and they can help in a way to where it's scalable. And so I've really found that it's more than just asking for their help to tag a database. It's understanding the best way to segment that database. Who are we trying to go after? And so making sure that you're treating your operations individuals, um, with respect and making sure that they're probably a little bit more sophisticated than just a executional or tactical role. So I wanted to flag that as well. Like, don't be afraid to pick their brain and to ask for their opinion because they're in the ins and outs of the actual systems. And they probably, if they don't already have a really good understanding on how we should be going about things. And sometimes they don't always have that voice. And so making sure that you're taking that into consideration because that will be really useful for your demand gen programs as well. Another department uh, that you need to be making friends with is your content team or your content lead. And the reason for that is when we think about deploying a successful full funnel demand gen program, there are going to be pieces of content throughout those different funnel stages that we need to make sure that we're accounting for. So if you have a content individual who is right now in in their own world and building out more top of funnel pieces of content, if you're trying to put together campaigns that can enable more middle or bottom funnel um, uh, programs, you're going to have that gap and you're not going to have kind of that buy-in for that content person to help you build those type of pieces if you don't really have that relationship. And so the way that I've gone about doing this is making sure that you have bi weekly syncs at a minimum monthly check ins. Um, And more so upfront as either if you're brand new to the team or if they're brand new to the team, um, having that initial, hey, how's it going? Alignment conversation and really getting on the same page um, and ensuring that all the work that you're doing as a demand gen um, lead, that you're putting together the same recommendations in terms of what you need for content. And then having that conversation with how can we make both your strategy and my strategy come to life and ensure alignment so that we're both working towards the same goal of producing content for an audience that's valuable and that demand gen team can use. Another another department that is important to seek alignment with is going to be your designer. Um, even if you have one or an entire design team, you're likely going to be needing a lot of either ads or um, creatives for an event promotion, a landing page. I mean, you name it. There's constantly a need for uh, any type of creatives or design um, from a designer, and most of the time. In-house designers are slammed with both marketing and like non-marketing requests too, because they end up being like the corporate designer, at least at most startups, right? Because everybody is wearing multiple hats. And so having a good relationship with them will help them want to help prioritize your deadlines and help you be successful with the deployment of your campaigns. So a lot of designers do work on like priorities of deadlines, which absolutely makes sense. But they'll also be more willing to say, hey, I can squeeze this in for you if you have a healthy relationship and a healthy working relationship with them. And I found that that can be really, really helpful. And again, same note that I'll add here for uh, your operations person is a designer, a good designer will likely have a lot of feedback on how we can make it better or how we can test it um, or other thoughts uh, to, to improve the creative. So as demand gen marketers, we like to think through everything from beginning to end as we should, but it's also saying, Hey, how could we make this better? And being open to a designer's lens, instead of just telling them, I need this exact specs and this exact design, and you need to mock it up exactly as I've mocked it up, maybe like in Canva. um, And then just having them like make it in an actual professional size, but I've always liked having like strategy sessions with the designer as well and say, hey, when we talk about who we're trying to go after is our brand on track for that a really great example is i was at a company where we were trying to target both an hr audience and like a line of business so a lot like business executives um, and those two messagings are very very different where hr is really fun and fluffy and feel good and line of business and executives are very like roi first um, get to the point i don't want all this fluff And so how do we make sure that when we put together these type of creatives or our websites and stuff that we're really making sure that we're taking our audience into consideration and the design is reflective of that too. So those are some of the ways that um, I've worked with a design team. The next one on the list is absolutely make friends with your sales leader. This one should be a no brainer. Um, but you need to make sure that everything that you're doing from a demand gen perspective is translating from the sales perspective and to revenue. We've talked about this over and over and over again that demand gen is successful when we drive closed one revenue for the business and we're actually contributing to the bottom line. So the way that we can guarantee that some of our campaigns are heading in the right direction is to have bi-weekly syncs or weekly syncs. Sometimes I was doing weekly depending on how fast Things move or you know priorities at the time and really connect one-on-one with that sales leader and ask them how the conversations are going from meetings booked to the demo requests that are coming through are we getting the right quality are we getting the right questions what's the velocity that they're getting into pipeline which is a created opportunity and how does this all make sense from after we kind of you know wash our marketing hands cleans of it which is kind of um Uh, another misconception that it's a handoff between marketing and sales and that's it. it's a one and done making sure that we're not just saying hey you know we drove this demo request now it's all on you and we're just going to wash our hands and that's it that's the end of it it's not going to work that way so making sure you're making that relationship with your sales leader and having that from after that handoff like how can marketing still be involved to make sure that we're contributing to the bottom line together the next one on the list is your marketing leader, depending on, uh, you know, where your your uh, line of um, seniority lives on the marketing team. Sometimes it it can go directly to your marketing leader. If you have more of a seniority level, then maybe you could have a direct relationship with your CFO. This also is dependent on how big your startup is or your company is and kind of that level of open communication or uh, the the, uh, ladder that you need to respect. But trying to find a way to get into either leadership or directly in with your marketing leader is going to be key because there's always going to be questions on how demand gen is going to be spending their money and why it's being spent the way that it is. And because Demand Gen is normally held with the expectations of driving immediate like demo requests or revenue for the business, everything's going to be constantly scrutinized and have opinions about. And so what I like to do is have that open line of communication where I'm constantly telling them what I'm doing, constantly showing them why it's important. And I'm having these conversations on a regular basis so that when it comes maybe like at the end of the quarter, and everything blows up and explodes, we don't, we can kind of remedy that a little bit better because we've had the conversations, that relationship in place, and we can have a better stance on how to approach that versus saying all of a sudden, I have no idea what demand gen is doing. Like, why are we doing this? Oh my gosh. To where everything is now escalated and it's just, it's a different story. So definitely make sure that you're communicating what you're doing, why you're doing it to your marketing leader and either having them be the champion to your CFO or really having those conversations from uh, you directly with your CFO in terms of how you're spending the money and using that as a basis for the relationship down the road when you need to ask for more budget. The next one on the list is your product marketer. I loved having a really good product marketer because their knowledge to the industry, to the product is incredible. And it could be something as simple as just having them spend 10 to 20 minutes eyeballing a piece of content before we deploy it to make sure that it's aligned with the persona that we're trying to talk to. And it's crazy that they can like look at a piece of content and just change like one or two words or maybe one or two sentences and all of a sudden like that piece of content is so much better. Like it's it's incredible. And so like like design, a product marketer is usually um, slammed too. And so I always like to put together some processes that can make their lives easier, as well as as much heads up notice as possible to ask them to review and add their input. And so if you're able to try and say, you know, hey, maybe next Friday, if you could cushion 20 to 30 minutes to review this new program or this article, um, and give them a heads up that it's coming in the queue. That's helped me make sure that I get my programs out on time and that everybody who's needed to review, sign off. And we're all in agreement of what we're building together, as well as making sure that it can, it's the best that it possibly can be for our audience and it can resonate the best. So, and those are, those are all of the specific departments that I'll call out. But of course Alignment across, you know, all internal team members and departments are going to be important. You definitely want to be a team player. You want to make sure that you're keeping an open line of communication to everybody. But these are the ones when I was thinking through what were the important ones that were foundational to the success of my demand gen programs. These were the ones that I outlined. So another thing that I mentioned is really important uh, for a success of a demand gen program are campaign briefs. And so the reason that this is important is because, at least for me, it helps me think through all the things that I'm trying to do up front and that full process, as well as determine the resources that are that are uh, needed and potentially available or not available uh, for us to also back into what that target launch date is. So it just helps us keep in line on everything that we're working towards and identifying kind of those roadblocks and um, uh, stuff up front. what my campaign brief normally takes in consideration is all the way from like the tippity top of what the expectation is, the summary, the purpose, the objective, the goals, all those things, so that we have a good understanding on how we're going to measure success up front. And so we're not pressured directly for, you know, that one-to-one conversion or, um, you know, specifically leads or anything within that. I also like to identify where in the funnel that this is, so we can directly have that conversation of the purpose of this campaign is brand awareness purpose of this campaign is, you know, to prove educational content. So depending on what level of the stage we're trying to go after, why we're going after it and setting up what we are going to measure success as at the end of the day, if somebody comes is like, Hey, this program isn't directly driving leads, we can come back and be like, well, you know, it's not supposed to like, these were the ones that we outlined up front. And this is how we're going to measure success of it. So it kind of helps like a demand gen marketer kind of CYA, if you will, especially if you're in a position where you're just now deploying a new demand gen strategy, or you're trying to go about something a little bit differently, and you're still in that that lead gen model, or you have executives that only think about leads. So that's helped me really kind of position that journey towards a demand gen program and really helping them understand why we're measuring it a certain way and why that's different than just expecting direct leads from this specific program. Another thing that um, my brief took into consideration was the personas, the target date, the deliverables, like what exactly are we going to be asking from different team members? uh, All the creatives are going to be needed, what versions, what specs, and then also outlining what concerns we would have that would be roadblocks. So if, um, for example, if we're in a startup and we don't currently have our database segmented by our two or three personas that we're going after, but this campaign needs to be talking to all of them, that could be a roadblock that could potentially Delayed deployment because we may uncover some issues down the road when we're actually trying to segment it. That you know it could just get spiraled and uh, delayed. So that could be something to flag up front, like, hey, we're going to work towards segmenting our database to get towards these three audiences. But at the end of the day, we're just flagging that it could potentially take longer than than expected because of unforeseen challenges. So just putting that up front. And that way, as you have these communications with the other teams, they're aligned with how everything kind of comes together and how we're working towards that target date. Um, Another thing taken into consideration are what are the next steps from this campaign? Um, It was always one of the things that I asked anybody when having conversations with was what, after they, they complete everything that we're asking them to complete, what's the next step from that? Where do they go? Do they get, enroll into a larger nurture? Do they, uh, you know, just stop communications as a whole? Like what's the next step from there? And so really identifying what that is up front. Again, really thinking through what this program is going to be end to end and how that plays to the larger story of anything that we have that's already always on or that we want to get live. And so really thinking through how to connect all those dots there. Um, Another thing is understanding um, are, how are we going to configure this operationally, either within HubSpot, Marketo, Salesforce? Do we need brand new campaign member statuses? Um, who's going to be doing that connections? So really understanding that from a reporting standpoint, we have what we need to measure success of the goals and the metrics that we um, identified upfront. Another component that I like to add to my campaign briefs is just a flow chart of the workflow, everything from touch points to audiences to uh, that just overall journey of what we're wanting the specific program to help with. Um, and so I create that. I think it's like draw.io is one of them. and know Lucid chart is another one, but they're just free versions that you can go in and you can just build a flow chart with and color code and add these all these great shapes and comments too. Um, and that really helps from a visual standpoint to everybody else who is not inside of your brain that can visually like look at it and be like okay cool I get it or like maybe we should do this touch point second instead of fourth or something like that and we can really work through and have alignment and agreement that this is a journey that we're going to be taking our audience through. From there um, I like to host like a campaign kickoff Um, and so I bring everybody that's needed that I identified up front in terms of foundational items, operational design, anything from there, Um, and then pretty much host a kickoff call, address any concerns up front, tell them about the target end date or the target launch date, and then essentially get sign off. And so what we're doing from there is we're getting buy-in up front from everybody that's needed to get this program shipped and out the door. So that really helps really making sure that everybody is working in alignment to what we're working towards together. And everybody has the expectations of what's needed from them roughly around the timelines that's going to be needed so they can prioritize everything else that they're working with to help you as a demand gen marketer to help get this program out the door. So there you have it. Uh, Make sure you're prioritizing those internal relationships and taking the initiative to set your team up for success um, by planning out a thorough campaign brief. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Demand Gen Made Simple podcast. If you found this episode valuable, please do not forget to subscribe. Thanks, and see you next time.